I don't know you personally, but I'm gonna guess you have a pretty nice TV. I mean, almost everybody does nowadays. Heck, my parents have a nice TV. If they have a nice TV, I'm guaranteeing you do too. Good size, crystal clear image, probably mounted. But you know what my parents don't have? A high quality soundbar. A lot of people overlook the importance of audio when it comes to a banging home entertainment system. Let's fix that. Mom, Dad, if you're listening, looks like you're getting brilliant sound for Christmas thanks to the Sonos Arc. Arc is the all new premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. You thought those CSI reruns sounded good now? <laughs> you just wait until you experience it with the Sonos Arc. That immersive sound of CSI filling the room from wall to wall and floor to ceiling. Here's some cool features. Turn on speech enhancement mode in the app while watching TV and movies to clarify the sound of the human voice. This is perfect for when a character whispers or the action intensifies. My wife watches non-stop British dramas. Speech enhancement is a must. I don't know what these Brits are saying half the time without it. Makes it crystal clear. I can pick up on what they're putting down. Also, I got a new puppy. So I like to turn on night sound to tone down those loud effects for when she's trying to sleep. You never look a gift horse in the mouth and you never wake a sleeping puppy because you're watching Independence Day again. Big sound in that one. Gotta keep it down. Put on the night sound. And if the arc isn't enough for you, you can easily add more speakers to create your perfect sound system. We're talking sub for Boulder Bass. Pair of rear speakers for even more intense surround sound. And hey, let's get crazy. Play speakers in other rooms to enjoy listening all around your home. You ever heard of a toilet speaker? <laughs> yeah, apparently they have them at castles in Northern Ireland. Get yourself a toilet speaker. Guys, go to Sonos.com to learn more and get your Sonos Arc today. It's up to you, it's up to me Cold drinks come in four cups Gotta know the size before you fill it up Biggie, medium, small, kids meal Keep it straight, it's a good deal Use the scoop to fill with ice Never use the cup, take my advice Good morning, sweet world, and Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, September 25th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and joining us live, as always, is Tass Millis. Congrats to the Blue Jays for making the, air quotes, playoffs. They made it. 16 teams. What sport does that? Come on now. <laughs> we also have the bearded one, Trey Kirby. hey Hey-o! The international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Last but not least, making the magic happen, JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Shout out to everyone joining us live right now on YouTube. We see you in the chats. Get your questions and your comments in there. You never know when you're going to be sprinkled into this podcast. Keep your cues and comments coming for our next Beach Step and Pod. Email them in, nodunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at nodunksinc. And uh, guys, before we get into it, how were the Instagram lives yesterday? We had Lily with Zach Harper. We had Tass with Jaron Jackson Jr. Tass, let's start with you. How did yours go? Jaron Jackson Jr. just turned 21 years old, uh, and he's smarter than me. And so he, he is very well wise beyond his years. He just turned uh, 21 like nine, ten days ago now. He said the partying was done in only a couple days. He's good now. He got it all out of his system. Good. Now he's, uh, he's ready to go, informing people that it's really easy to vote and register. Yeah, he's smart. He said he got all the Grizzlies registered to vote. What nice. a good dude. Hmm, good, nice. good dude. Okay, you can go check that out, too. That's obviously archived. Tass's uh, little interview talk with Jaron Jackson Jr. on our Instagram account. And Lee, how was Zach Harper? So I, I like this, by the way. Tass, envious of a 21-year-old and Jaron Jackson Jr. Lee, we know, envious of Tyler Hero, a 20-year-old. <laughs> but are you also envious of Zach Harper and that the flowing locks, Lee? Well, he was wearing a baseball cap, actually, uh, oh, for us. So we didn't get to see it in full flow. But uh, no, Zach was great. A lot of fun talking with him. And just uh, interesting talk to a guy from his perspective who's traveled around, lived in different cities, lived in 
Democratic cities and lived in Republican cities and just how that's uh, affected his life. And then uh, later on, we popped open a pack of basketball cards too. I decided to pop a pack there <laughs> oh with, uh, with uh, Zach Harper. And you know how weird 2020 is. Well, it got even weirder yesterday when we were talking about Calvert Cheney with oh, Zach wow. Harper on, <laughs> on Instagram Live yesterday. So uh, things get a bit crazy. But, uh, crazy, man. Hold on, hold on. Isn't that exactly what happens when you open Pop and Packs? Well, Calvert Cheney, though. Like, it's just a great Pop and Packs 90s name. We've never had him before, you know, okay. because he didn't get drafted until 93, and I don't usually get cards until a bit before that. So uh, Legendary stuff, man. Legendary. Oh, my God. It's going hey, on uh, the Wikipedia page for 2020. <laughs> this guy opened a pack of cards with Calvert Cheney. September 24th, Calvert Cheney shows up in popping packs for the very first time hey uh i don't know if any of you guys have ever played uh pick up with zach at some point uh mm-hmm. i i never have i never have i'm surprised that our paths have never crossed but uh i asked him what his game was like and who yeah. he was like who do you think he said well I, did, I i actually caught this he says oh. he liked to consider himself a steph curry <laughs> but he's much much more similar to i believe it was a jason williams white chocolate right that's right yeah yeah he said he uh, likes to put a bit of sauce on his passes out there and yes. uh, fling him around a bit and uh, he can hit the three so yeah i thought uh i haven't seen him so i'm not sure how accurate it was but uh, i take his word for it well, I've played with Zach, and I can't remember him ever throwing a pass. So he was <laughs> lying to you, Lee. He was straight up lying to you. Yes, he'll chuck the threes, though. You're right about that. Well, well. So, so what he said was, you know, when he makes a bad pass, so maybe that's what it is. Maybe you saw a few bad passes. He's always saying, "Just keep going." You got to always point to the guy, like, "Come on, man, keep going." And that pass is for you. So. Right. My bad. My bad. My bad. <laughs> I thought I've heard him compare himself to Rasheed Wallace once upon a time, like Trey saying, because he just runs from three point line to three point line. Like that's 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 the distance that he travels. He's not getting into the paint yeah. all that much. Huh? I could be wrong. Maybe okay, that's so- where he is now. Maybe he was a younger days. He was. Uh, he was Jason Williams. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> when the hair was shorter, he yeah. was uh, white chocolate. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into uh, our game recap here on today's No Dunks podcast. Looking at the West Finals, Anthony Davis and the Lakers. They beat the Nuggets by six. It was close to take the three-one lead in the West Finals. Tassie Denver's got them right where they want them, don't they? They're down three-one. But would you? Uh, Takeaway from this, obviously, big victory here from the Lakers. Yeah, close game going down to the wire. It really came down to a few plays here or there. And when LeBron James is switched out onto Jamal Murray for the first time in the series, you got to start there. That's a juicy storyline. It's as juicy as Calvercini coming out of a, a pack <laughs> of basketball cards. So really, it, it's the storylines and everybody asking Jamal Murray about it in the end. Really, it was Two plays. It was two possessions. He guarded him for three. Jamal Murray kind of threw one away mm-hmm. uh, for one of them uh, before LeBron even was really close to him. And then the first one, it's 345 left. I'll say this first. LeBron can't guard Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray is too quick for him. But uh, Jamal Murray got to the rim. And this is the exact reason why you put LeBron on Jamal Murray. Because one possession in such a bang-bang situation, like in all basketball plays at the rim... Quite often, the best player in the world or the guy who's had that title for a long time is going to get the call. LeBron fouled him, but there was no whistle. Uh, Jamal Murray was angry, as he should have been, uh, and I think he should have been just as angry as his, as his teammates because LeBron sprinted down the other end of the court feeling good after getting that stop and just waltzed in for a bucket. So yeah. that's that was t- way too easy. And then a, a second challenge by LeBron at the rim it looks really strange uh, seeing LeBron challenge at the rim because he doesn't take it like a big guy. He's not taking it in the chest. So I think that kind of throws referees off too. Uh, not to give him an excuse that was a foul call the first one. But the second one, I think Jamal Murray just messed up and he didn't really go into LeBron's body. So there's two possessions there in the last few minutes. Um, but, you know, th- those obviously factor in. Every play factors in. Uh, but two offensive rebounds by the Lakers in the last minute, five. And Nikola Jokic... Not looking like himself. Uh, Michael Malone was subbing him in and out offense for defense, playing him on offense and not on defense because he had foul calls uh, against them and he got a couple at the end there and fouled out of the game. Um, and obviously that was that was killer. And I think that hurt Jokic's flow and it hurt the defensive rebounding. And so I lumped those all together. Yeah, LeBron's going to get the storylines, but really offensive rebounds. Um, yeah, those, those, those stops as well. And, and waltz into the rim uh, you're not going to win. So that came down to a few plays there. And, and yeah, Jamal didn't score at the end, even though he had a great game uh, with 32. Jokic wasn't himself, came down to those last few plays, and Jamal didn't come through. And uh, the Lakers, you know, it's a bit of that uh, 
you've you've mentioned the big brother, little brother sort of idea skeets with these mm-hmm. two teams, and it kind of came down to that. It was yeah. it was hey, we've been here before. Are you going to show up? Are you going to make the plays? Because uh, I'll, I'll see you at the rim. See what the refs do and. Uh, they came out with the W. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and we predicted that as well. We said LeBron at some point is going to be put on Jamal Murray to try and slow him down. If Jamal Murray doesn't play in this game, though, or has a, a bad game, it's a 20-point blowout. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, the 32, they needed every single one of them. He kept them in the game in the first quarter. That would have been a 20-point lead for the Lakers. And here was Jamal Murray hitting shot after shot after shot, matching Anthony Davis. But you're right. A lot of talk about the officiating in this one, Lili, and especially what happened after the game prior where then Vogel and the Lakers are saying, hey, look, LeBron James, he's only taken like 10 free throws throws in these first couple of games what's going on here and then he gets to the line a lot here in last night's game and the Nuggets not as much but was there something to this do you think uh you know they were persuaded from what the Lakers sent in these tapes these VHS tapes that they sent they're like oh they're maybe right or were you <laughs> not yeah or were you not that like the officiating is not really the storyline from this game like Tass is saying hey it's probably that you gave up a ton of offensive rebounds some key ones late when you had a chance and you just got killed 25 to 6 in second chance points where do you fall on that uh, well, we'll find out in next the next game because Mike Malone apparently is now going to send in his own tapes <laughs> right, to the NBA. Right. So he wants to get a few foul calls. But for me, it was second chance points there and offensive rebounds that absolutely crushed the Nuggets because they got themselves to a position like we've seen a lot in this series. They seem to be a better second half team, you know, where they just start to play better and the Lakers perhaps tire a little bit. They had their chances, but there was so many times where they just couldn't quite secure that rebound. And the Lakers got it and punished them for it. And that's what an experienced team does. You know, that's what they did. Because if you look again, Anthony Davis didn't actually have uh, another good rebounding game. He finished with five in the end, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, like you sort of expect if you're going to out-rebound a team, it's probably going to come from your star big man, but it wasn't. It was just all these other guys, these veterans who have been around for a while, making sure that they secure the loose ball and they give their team those second opportunity to score. And that is really what an experienced team does better than an inexperienced team. And look, the Nuggets were in a little bit of trouble because Jokic was in foul trouble, so he wasn't out on the court. So was Millsap. Millsap had a... Oh, my God. I felt sorry for Millsap out there last night. He's just got to get angry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's bad when he's not angry. He had an awful (laughs) game. And then you've got Michael Porter, who, you know, defensively, I think Mike Malone was kind of alluding to him basically being terrible on defense. So uh, Nuggets had Jamal Murray, who was brilliant, I thought, this entire game. But other than that, all these other guys tended to struggle, and that's what the Nuggets are going to have to learn from this game is grab that, but you must secure the rebound. Pat Riley says rebounds equals rings, and that's really what it was last night. And and credit to Rondo again, you know, being being an uh, an adjutant, getting there, contesting those shots, making it difficult for the Nuggets. Um, So the Nuggets have got one chance left here to to correct those things, and they just have to hit the glass in Game 5. And Vogel made a move here when we're talking about all this rebounding. Starting Dwight Howard, Trey, um, you know, he gets a start over JaVale McGee and made an impact right away. He had like four offensive rebounds and putbacks in the first, what was it, eight or nine minutes of the game. Yeah, he was crushing the glass. He was looking like the biggest, baddest dude out there, and he didn't look like he was taking it over the edge to where he's trying to reenact scenes from Batman during the movie. He was just hitting the glass, and it really set the tone for the Nuggets, or uh, I'm sorry, for the Lakers, because Dwight didn't even really get a a taste as much in the second half, but the, the team was still hitting the glass, and when it came down to it, the biggest offensive rebounds of the night for the Lakers were from Davis, Rondo, and KCP. That can't happen when you're the Nuggets. You can't get out round. <clears throat> excuse me, out-rebounded by the small guys, right? Like, you gotta, if you're getting out-rebounded by Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis, that's understandable. But like Lee's saying, you got to finish those possessions. You can't be giving up uh, clutch offensive rebounds, even if the Lakers aren't scoring, just because it extends the clock. I just, yeah. um, I don't know. I just thought that uh, the Nuggets didn't play well, well enough to win. Murray did. Uh, obviously, LeBron switching on to him had an impact at the end of the game since it makes it tougher for Murray to finish over LeBron. And also LeBron is going to get the benefit of the doubt on those foul calls. Jokic wasn't good enough, probably because he was taken out of his flow offensively and he wasn't out there to help on the defensive glass. But I would play Michael Porter Jr. more. I know Mike Malone might not think that his defense is great, but uh, Paul Millsap's offense is so bad that the defense really doesn't matter. And you got to have rebounds. Porter hits the glass. Like, there's a way to do it. There's a way to get Michael Porter Jr. on the floor. Uh, to to give you something impactful out there because I don't know there's just you know four players basically on the Nuggets yesterday were uh, playing subpar games and when you're taking those four guys out of the rotation what are you supposed to do you got to have sterling performances from Jokic and Murray to have a chance and then if the the rotation guys aren't doing anything it, you're in trouble um, so yeah uh, 
Porter just gives them a little bit more of a high ceiling, and I think he can t- contribute on the glass. You know, he's uh, been one of the better rebounders for the Nuggets the entirety of this series. He's going to botch it defensively, but I'd rather have somebody else out there who can score a basket. That's the dilemma there, I think, right now for uh, Mike Malone. It's like Porter can, you know, he hit three threes last night. Like, he's that important contributor for them offensively, and he can rebound. Trey's 100% right there. But sometimes in defense, he's just on his, in, on an own, on his own island. He's just not even paying attention. Yeah. And that's the problem. He's like the, the kid when you were playing youth soccer that was picking flowers. Yeah, uh, the goalkeeper that was picking flowers in their net, and you're like, you're supposed to be playing defense. He basically, kid. he basically needs to be engaged on the possession with his man having yeah. the ball. And even then, even then, he still is kind of like, I, I don't know what I'm really doing here. That that that's the, such a tough thing because Millsap, you know, defensively is is a hundred times better, but uh, but there on the offensive end, I mean, he just doesn't give you what Porter does. The options that Porter does because that three we talked about it. You can't block it. Once he gets that three up, and he's good, he gets a little pump fake. He had a couple of those going last night. So they need that punch offensively. But uh, what is he going to do defensively? And how can he improve in in a series at the young age? It's very, very hard to see. It's really tough. Gary Harris and Paul Millsap, as uh, Kendra Andrews pointed out today on The Athletic, combined to average 10 points per game on less than 30% shooting so far. Mason Plumley and Torrey Craig are averaging a whopping eight points. Plumley was horrible <laughs> last night. Oh. He was so bad last night to the point where I think Paul Millsap, he's got to be basically the backup five for the Nuggets. I don't yeah. think that Plumley can see the court uh, in this next game and... You do want to get Millsap's defense out there and the, the the possibility that he'll have another 14-point quarter or something like that, but the the bottom of the barrel is what it feels like for the Nuggets right now, trying to figure out how they can actually beat this Lakers team. Murray and Jokic have been great. Who else is going to be out there? Monte Morris had some nice moments last night, but uh, trustworthy guys, it's, a, it's tough for Michael. Yeah, but really it comes down to the fourth quarter and Jokic, he wasn't even there. I mean, he didn't it's score a second a game in a row, right? He hasn't yeah, scored in the fourth he, quarter. Right. Um, I just, he, he was, it was like, it's difficult to talk about him because it was like he was invisible uh, for a lot of the game. And uh, yeah, he, he definitely the, the foul trouble hurt him and being yanked in and out of the lineup. But when he's out there, he's got to get in the way of drives. And, and that LeBron one I, I mentioned there with 330 left, that was killer uh, just to get to the rim. And yeah, he was off the floor, uh, you know, for that uh, the rebound for for Rondo that got over Paul Millsap, uh, and he needed this was a really close game going into the fourth quarter. the The Nuggets bench was disappointing in those first few minutes. Not sure what Mason Plumlee is doing, uh, trying to draw a foul on LeBron James with his back to the basket. What is that? Uh, that's not a Mason Plumlee play. The bench was disappointing. The Lakers. Uh, Got into the game there. It could have been. It could have gotten stretched by the Nuggets bench, and then, uh, yeah, the superstar and, and Nikola Jokic, he wasn't there. Uh, and that, that's what they desperately needed. They even got Monte Moore seven points from him in the fourth quarter, um, making some nice moves out there. They just needed uh, the Joker to to come through, and it didn't happen. I think Dwight Howard definitely needs uh, to be credited. Yep, uh, Frank Vogel. Said he had a nice chat with him before the game. He said, don't be an a-hole out there. Don't be that overzealous. Uh, Just trying to be rambunctious, you know, trying to get in Jokic's head. Just go out there and be a huge, monstrous obstacle for him. And it really, really worked. Just just think of the, the Dwight that we've known over the last few years calling for the ball, wanting the ball, getting into post-game interviews and saying, I got to get the ball. I got to get the ball. The dude had five baskets. He didn't touch the ball in the post. There are five baskets on offensive tip-ins, mm-hmm. just putbacks, all of them. And then just getting into Jokic's face without saying, yeah, I'm the Batman, you're the Joker. Ah, <laughs> ah, ah. Uh, just, being, just being big. And he only played 22 minutes, but it really threw the Joker off. I think, uh, you know, Paul Millsap needs to fight. I think, I think Jokic would have liked it if Dwight was a little bit of a pest. And that might have... Uh, made the the red faced Joker a little bit more red faced. Got him into the freaking thing because he he wasn't himself in this one. Yeah, he yeah. Was... Dwight Howard didn't even play in the fourth quarter, yeah. and he still had an impact because he drew so many fouls on Jokic early in the game that Jokic was yeah. only able to play six minutes in the fourth quarter, and that was when we saw those huge offensive rebounds. That's when we saw the Nuggets having to go offense defense for their best player. That's a tough spot to be in. I mean, Jokic can play defense, no doubt about it, but when you have five fouls and you're trying to make a little bit of a comeback in the last couple of minutes, you don't want to take chances picking up that sixth foul on a box out or 
some random screen sort of play, right? You gotta you gotta try and get the buckets, but Jokic wasn't able to get the buckets because he wasn't in the flow from the entirety of the game. It was just a it's like compounding interest, right? Things just kept getting worse and worse because Jokic couldn't get into that flow, yeah. and with him not getting into the flow, the Nuggets were struggling to score. But man, that's uh, that's the benefit of having an Anthony Davis out there is that he can just take Jokic out of the game, man. The guy's incredible, and he's an X factor for the Lakers at this point. Yeah, I mean, the guy started seven for seven from the floor. Yeah, he was embarrassing. Whoever's on him was it Millsap and Jokic at times. Thirty-four points, ten of fifteen shooting for AD. Thirteen of fourteen at the line. He got there a ton too, along with LeBron. Yeah, you're right. He is oddly an X factor, which is so strange. I'll admit, watching this game though. Uh, especially, like you said, at the end of the third quarter there, Lee, I think Porter hit two threes. And uh, even in the first half, they were still close. I was like, Lakers are just letting the Nuggets stick around here. Like, it feels like the Lakers are really outplaying them because of all these offensive rebounds like we're talking about, the nice Dwight injection, all the fouls for the star players on the Nuggets. And it was still really, really close. And you're like... I don't know. This is, you know, also it also felt like a bit of a shootout at times, and you're like, I don't know if the Lakers. You want to get into like this sort of this idea, this shootout with the Nuggets. That's probably not your game plan. You know, you want to get some defensive stops and put your stamp on the game that way. I kept thinking the Nuggets were going to win this thing. I did, but a part of that was, hey, they flipped uh, roles, right? Reversals, role reversal here between Jokic and Murray. A lot of the times we've seen in these playoff games or in the bubble, you know, at times Jokic can sort of keep them in the game. Uh, he'll have sort of dominant like quarters, first half somewhat early, and then Murray's maybe a bit more of a closer as a perimeter guy. But it was flipped around. Murray, keeping him in the game, like I said. The only reason they were in this thing was because of him. And I was like, okay, if Jokic gets it going here in the fourth, they got a chance. But I think what you said there, Trey, is important. The flow. Jokic is such a flow player. It feel, he can, He's not like, obviously, like a perimeter guy where it's like, hey, man, you know, take this square peg and uh, and jam it in that circle hole. Like, he just, he won't do that. That's not how he's wired. And really, because of his body type and all that, too, you can't really do that with a guy like him. It's got to come within the offense and within the flow of everything. But when he's like, yeah, in and out because of foul trouble and stuff like that, that's just not going to happen. So, um, you know, unfortunately for the Nuggets, of course, falling down 3-1. Or maybe it's fortunate, you know, now they're down 3-1. Again, perfect, but... Wild, wild stuff there. I love how Pelton put it too with the Lakers' second chances. It was like them chewing up clock yeah. like a football team, right? Grinding it out on first downs. The Nuggets didn't have a defensive rebound. Defensive rebound in the final like four and a half minutes of this game. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, I can't even think of the last time that happened. I'm sure it happens every once in a while. That is weird. Yeah, uh, and I don't think they had a field goal in the last three minutes, yeah. I believe it was. They yeah. said on the broadcast. free throws. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I mean, Murray, again, like he's, you know, when you look at that game with the incredible highlights that we saw from him and then getting to the free throw line and they showed that stat, what he's shooting too in the in the fourth quarters of the playoffs. I mean, he is just delivering for this team every single night. Um, so, you know, the series is certainly is favoring the Lakers from here. Of course it is. But I don't think the Nuggets are out of it either. I think I think they know there that is this, zero chance the Nuggets are coming back to win this series. I don't I don't know if they'll come zero. back to win the series. I'll but, throw it down but here. But yeah. I, I think no I think they realize though that this game they, they had so many bad things in this game. Sloppy defense. You know, no one really helping out Jamal Murray. They've got to be better, uh, and they can at least you know they can at least keep this game close, game five close, and potentially drag it out a little bit longer. But uh, I think as well, LeBron's looking at this going right now. You know, we got to kill this team. We have got to bury them. Uh, in game five and not give them any life whatsoever because LeBron wants to get rest. He doesn't want to be dragging this series out and playing a long series. He wants to get ready for the final. So it's probably over, but uh, I think the Nuggets, man, they, they're going to look at the tape of this one and Michael Malone is just going to be like, look at these second chances we gave. Look at how yeah. many opportunities this team got that, that if we secure that rebound or we don't make a terrible pass at the other end, maybe it's 2-2, but yeah. it's not. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, it's it's unfortunate that the Nuggets don't win this game because we would have been starting with, uh, hey, what was the craziest Jamal Murray shot yeah. that he hit last night? I mean, I think we're all going to likely go with the uh, <laughs> borderline iconic reverse layup uh, up and under LeBron or whatever. But there was also that crazy left-handed leaner on Rondo. That was wild, the spin and that push. And then he had that shot little put floater um, over AD, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know which one you pick. Again, probably the MJ-like one, which was God damn amazingly, you had that up so quick, my I man. I did, I did. Uh, I was in the virtual crowd last night too, actually, for uh, NBA Australia. No, the reason I bring that up is because I, I timed it. We were 40 seconds ahead of the TV broadcast. Ooh, so I saw this wow. and I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. I've got to get this baby up before people have even seen it. 
Uh, that must be so weird. It that must be it. weird for Australians to be ahead of the curve instead of behind. So hold on, hold on. You were in the virtual crowd. Yes, yes. You were on the virtual board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- I th- we were we were at center court. They said, but uh, I think we're actually at the ends because I think they have the Lakers and the Nuggets fans. Uh, you know, on the TV side. So I think we're there. Anyway, people have put a few photos up there. Oh, you? Oh, wow. Yeah, okay, I, I was nice. I was lounging at one part. Uh, so I don't know how cool <laughs> I was. What do you mean? Awesome. You were lying down? Well, I was like, I was on the couch and I was kind of like leaning like that. So, um, but I will say it's, uh, it's, 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 you know, it's a fun experience. It's something a little bit different, but it, a little bit annoying because people have got the chat going, like the verbal chat. So you've got Lakers fans there just going crazy over every single play. So Sounds it, like uh, hell. Yeah, well, I, I did have to mute it towards the end of the game. That's fine. That's your, um, you know, two minutes in the first quarter. But uh, no, no, no. Like, uh, it was a fun experience. But yeah, that Murray uh, layup. I mean, when you see the slow-mo, he's going up and he puts he's it back in the other hammer hand. It, yeah. I know. Oh. I know. And then he just, on the other side of the hoop, uh, spins it in. Just incredible. Incredible stuff, but we see this kind of stuff from him. You know, maybe not that extreme, but we yeah. see these hang time moves from him all the time. He's uh, he's incredibly athletic. He's got a great package, great finishing package, and mm-hmm. it's that's why you watch basketball, man, to have those <laughs> moments that take your breath away, right? Where you're like, what? And yeah, the slow mo was great, but I thought the fast mo oh. is the way to watch it to see how fast. Yes, he whips that ball from his right hand to his left hand, then right back to his right hand to finish on the right side of the hoop. It's majestic watching it in slow motion, but awe-inspiring watching it in fast motion to see him move his arms that fast. I feel like it's impossible to move your arms that fast. Just uh, He's had an, a number of great finishes in the playoffs, in the bubble. It's going to be an awesome highlight package when all's said and done. Trey, I thought he airballed it in real time. It was like, crazy, I didn't realize man. it went in. Like, from that, from, you know, the game camera angle is like what he's doing. You're like, huh, what happened there? And then they're celebrating. Like, that went in? And then you see, yeah, the replays test, and then you're like, Spins oh, my crazy. God. Yeah, and, and kudos to you, Lee, for getting it up. But I got to give it to Worldwide Wob for putting up the split screen with not the MJ play that everybody compares every play to when a guy switches hands, the one against the Lakers, but the actual proper one right. against the New Jersey Nets. He goes Correct. by Drazen Petrovic and Derek Coleman's underneath, and then the token white guy, I don't know who it is, uh, gets scored on. But it's the exact same thing. And so it's, it's not hard Chris not Dudley, to. Is it? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Bad week for Chris Dudley. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's not, he's not a, as portly a Dudley. He's a little bit skinnier, so I don't think it's a Dudley. Um, but that is the right comparison. It's more of right, a Bradley. It's that one. It's not the one in the finals versus the Lakers where yeah. MJ's for no real reason just switches hands. It looks cool, and you yeah. see it in all the commercials with MJ, but yeah, it's that other one is amazing. It is. And I totally forgot about these New Jersey Nets. Sheen, yeah, uh, jerseys. Oh, yeah. oh my like. goodness, they're crazy. They're like wild pajamas. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're 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 nuts. Worldwide, wild, great stuff. There, it was a it, that's a friggin' highlight. And and you mentioned the packages. That's yeah. He's got three rounds of pack of highlights here that Jamal Murray's put together, and and the NBA's tweeting it out. I I can't believe how many he's got. Like the beauty spins. Um, that's, that's Jay Skeet's favorite move when he's playing, hanging in the air for the layup. He's, it's three rounds, and he's got it all, man. He is. It's Sounds like you're talking about the perfect package 3.0. <laughs> oh, I mean, Trey had uh, Trey had the WhatsApp going off last night with this one. The, uh, the start, bench, and cut, Devin Booker, right? Jamal Murray, and Tyler Hero. Ooh. Ooh, Lily, have a go at that one. Start, bench, or cut those three. Booker, Murray, Hero. Well, definitely starting uh, Jamal Murray. Okay. Uh, benching, uh, I've got to live in the moment. I've got with Tyler Hero. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But, uh, come on. I'm uh, uh, Come on, Skeets. Let me pull up uh, Devin Booker's playoff stats real quick oh, here. Oh, yeah. Uh, what? 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 Yeah. Devin Booker would be averaging what Tyler Hero did in one game if his squad could have got in there. I guess I'll have to finish over 500 sometime yes, in his one, career. One of these days. One of these days. I mean, they should have been in, man. They should have been in. They went 8-0 in the bubble, man. How can you stay perfect and not make the playoffs? Uh, yeah, that was a good one there, Trey. Everyone was like, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. But then we all agreed everyone would want to have sex with Booker. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I don't know. I was saying he's very, very handsome. But then LeBron right after the game says, Jamal Murray's one of the hottest guys we got left in the bubble. (laughs) Come on. They're all fairly handsome guys, I would say. That's a a difficult one. You're totally right. Though I will say to me, Tyler Hero looks like his name should be Brad. 
<laughs> the guy whose name would be Brad. It's Brad Tyler. <laughs> Brad Tyler, sure. Back to that, uh, to your, your the MJ highlight that you're talking about there, um, Tess, that World Wide Wob had up. I, the best description of that play I saw is someone says, MJ does a Euro step in midair somehow yeah. between like those three guys. And it's like pretty spot on. It's like somehow contorts his body while he's in the air to somehow shift around people. Like, how do you do that? Uh, and wow. then the amazing finish. I love that. I love that play. But Murray's is Murray's is right there. I mean, if they win this game or if it's in the finals and you went on to win a title, like that's iconic. I mean, that's just iconic. It will probably get lost a little bit, uh, you know, <laughs> to what, what? How would you describe it? Just to the time. Uh, <laughs> the what am I trying to say? Sands lost. of history. Yes, that's what I'm going for. <laughs> just because of when it happened and then a loss and whatever, but. Still, that's one of the greatest layups I've ever seen in the playoffs. That's not hyperbole. I mean, it really is, right? Yeah. I mean, in terms of actual layups, the Dr. J one against the Lakers is also yeah. crazy. Uh, yep. The hang time on that, you know, coming from a different angle. But uh, that's another one I would compare it to in terms of that, just that wow factor anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and diced Eric here in the comments went back and looked at it and apparently it is Chris Dudley uh, getting scored on what a wow. call what a call Lily. Chris Dudley was not he was a little less portly he was a little less Jared Dudley and more like wow. Sean Bradley once upon a time he was skinny crushing Chris Dudley oh, no Chris duds Dudley catching strays so so I said this is a wrap. I don't believe the Nuggets can do this again. They're going to be facing uh, elimination for the seventh time in the bubble. Well, when I said that, I saw some of your faces going, whoa, easy there, Skeets. Again, this is 3-1. This is what they do. Does anyone truly believe the Nuggets can do this once again for the third time, come back, and, and somehow get themselves to the NBA Finals by winning three straight versus Lakers? I don't think they can win three straight. No. But... I do think they can still win a game here, and I think that's kind of important. This game was really close down to the wire. They did have five guys in double digits. It wasn't a terrible game for them. (laughs) Jeremy Grant had 17. Uh, Porter and and Morris off the bench with double digits. These guys aren't falling asleep out there. And and you mentioned losing a play to history. Mm -hmm. I do want this to sort of go down in history as a series where the team that loses wins at least a couple games because if it's a, a gentlemanly 4-1 sweep it's looked at as not a close series right, whatsoever right right and, and a, a sixer is yep. always respectable yep. if you lose two games and i've mentioned uh this in comparison to the blazers last year and i, I know we had a lot of debates uh, about the blazers going out in the postseason and on the starters we discussed if the blazers were an actual contender uh, going into next year, and you know it's very it's different because they all got injured. Uh, I I would tend to think that they could have been. It's all what you define as a contender, but this team clearly the Nuggets is a they're a contender next year, no matter what. Uh, hmm. They're they're that good, and uh, I'd like to see them sort of in a different class even than and then the Blazers were last year because they should be respected. They've got two superstars playing at a different level. I think it's it's different than what the Blazers did. Beating the Spur or beating, uh, I'm sorry, the Nuggets in that second round last year, and then getting swept by the the Warriors. The Nuggets have been very, very good. I'm going to take the coaches route here and say I'm taking it one game at a time, mm. and I think the Nuggets win Game Five. That's as okay. far as I'm prepared to go right now. I hope they win. I'm pulling for them. I'm cheering for them. They deserve to at least play uh, at least two more games here because they've been incredible to watch. And and I go back still to that first series. Basically, we were talking about the eulogy of them. Uh, after they were down 3-1 to the Jazz. And it was like, you know, Tass saying they're, they're a great team. You know, next year they're going to be great. And, and I agree with what we've seen recently. But after that first round, it's like they can't play defense and they just need some more help. They don't have enough. And now it's like maybe this team is big time, actually. You know, because they've, they've got their superstars. They've got two superstars right now. So uh, hopefully they can keep this thing going because it's been so much fun to watch. And, and Jamal Murray has been incredible. And I just, I, I like Mike Malone there on the side. He's fighting hard for his team. He's never giving up. And uh, I want to see the Nuggets extend this series. So give me okay. give me the Nuggets in uh, Game 5. Okay, okay. And Trey, what do you think? One more win. That's what I think <laughs> the Nuggets are going to get in this series. People are comparing them to the 2013 Warriors, who went in a six-game series against the Spurs and kind of put the Warriors on the map right. as a potential uh, championship contender down the line, right? You saw Steph Curry and Klay Thompson having great playoff series, and that's what you're seeing from Jokic and Murray they probably aren't going to be 
winning the championship this year. It would take an incredible uh, a comeback for the third time. You know, we've seen a lot of jokes about the Nuggets have them right where they want them. The Lakers literally have them right where they want them. <laughs> LeBron has never lost a 3-1 lead in the playoffs. So the Nuggets are in trouble, but they cannot be beaten easily, and they're not going to give up. So I would imagine... I would imagine a Game 5 win for Denver okay. and L.A. takes it in six. But who knows? Maybe they get hot. Maybe we have, see a 50-point game from Jamal Murray. They haven't really had an answer for him. And LeBron's not going to be able to guard him for the entirety of the game. This is a series where the Lakers are actually missing Avery Bradley a little. So I would love to see Murray catch fire again. Yeah, my, my counter to that is I think we're finally at one of these points, be it Game you know 5, Game 6, Game 7 if there is one. LeBron James has been garbage at shooting the basketball. <laughs> and it's gone overlooked a little bit because they keep, you know, winning their up 3-1, of course, and he's doing other things because he's LeBron, but he can't hit a jump shot or three really to save his life right now. One of these games he's going to because it happens with him where he suddenly, you know, catches fire and it feels a little more comfortable, he's a little more balanced, got a little more juice in the legs, whatever it is. Uh, and it starts going down. And if that starts to happen, then the Nuggets are really in trouble. Because right now, any possession that ends in a in a LeBron jumper is like, whoa, that's a win. Hey, all right. <laughs> well, maybe not. You got to get the rebound. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's that would that's a you'll take that any day of the week. LeBron uh, obviously taking a you know one of his little patented sort of fading type jumpers um, because he can't hit a shot right now. The numbers are crazy. I know Ziller was writing about it in his newsletter this morning. It's it's bad. And last night I think was another like one for nine sort of fifteen plus feet and out. But, but, LeBron, one of these games, again, five or six, let's say, he, he will start knocking those down. I, I just, you can just see it coming, and uh, that's going to be trouble for the Nuggets. But I hope you guys are right. I hope it keeps going a little bit longer because the Nuggets are a fun team to root for. Obviously love watching Jamal Murray play, and I hope Jokic, and when he's been in elimination games before, that is a guy yeah. that's sort of taken his game to the next level. Like His numbers are unreal in elimination games. And he's just got to be special. Uh, I don't care who's out there starting if it's Dwight or JaVale or they go to Anthony Davis at the five on him. He has to have a monster game. He needs to – you got to see him a little bit more going to work inside, Tass, I think, too. Like throwing around that weight a little bit more and putting pressure on the officials to get some whistles on some of those Lakers guys because he can do that. But, yeah, this one he sort of was because of like we talked about in and out of it. He was just sort of floating around out there a little bit. Um, so you'd hope to see him sort of locked in from the jump, I think, in, in this elimination game. Yeah, he's got to use his juice. He's got to use his skill. He's got to have Lee saying after game five, he was throwing that big body around. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the most important thing. That, that is his number one attribute, that he can do that and then show off uh, how skilled he is in there. Yeah, it just wasn't happening in this one. It just it was, it was disappointing from a... From all those people out there that tune in to see Nikola Jokic work from the three-point line and in, he could have got Chris Webber and Reggie Miller salivating on the call, but it just didn't happen. It wasn't right. It wasn't wasn't a proper game from the Joker. All right, well, we got to take a quick break here to hear from our sponsors, but then we got a little is this news. Guys, whatever line of work you're in, writing is part of getting the job done. Heck, I host a podcast, and it feels like all I do sometimes is send emails. Grammarly helps make sure that all of those emails and your reports and your presentations are polished and professional. And the best part, in my opinion, is it works everywhere you do. I love the Google Chrome extension. That's where I'm doing most of my work and Grammarly's right there. Also, when you get the premium account, Grammarly sends you a little weekly writing update. Um, guys, apparently your boy Skeetsy's been a little busy bee. <laughs> Grammarly told me the other day that my statistics showed that I was more productive than 95% of Grammarly users last week. Ooh, that's an well, A+. I was only 81%. Kirby. That's an A+. Plus. Yeah, for Skeetsy here. It checked over 18,000 of my words, and Grammarly told me to, quote, keep up the epic writing. And I like that. <laughs> Thank you, Grammarly. We can all use a little boost of confidence, right? I, I love that. Grammarly doesn't just correct your mistakes either. It helps you build up your skills as a writer. Real-time feedback. That's something that I crave and I need. And Grammarly is right there to help me out and encourage me. And hey, maybe switch that up. Is that what you mean? Ooh, a little typo there. I, I just love this uh, this uh, service. I just seriously love this one. So uh, some of the other ones that we talk about, I couldn't care for. This one I love. Get 20% off Grammarly Premium when you sign up at Grammarly.com slash no dunks. Okay, that's 20% off Grammarly Premium at Grammarly.com slash no dunks. You're going to want that premium too to get those little 
boost of confidence there when they say, hey, man, you're better than Lee Ellis at this Grammarly writing thing, all right? <laughs> That's Grammarly, G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash no dunks. Okay, time for a little Is This News. Oh, Is This News? This is where I just throw the headline at you guys and ask you, is this actually news? First one, ESPN. Heat coach Eric Spolstra says, bam, out of bio. Good to go for game five tonight against the Celtics. Trey, is this news? Sort of. It's not really news. It seemed like Bam was probably going to play after game four, but now we just know for sure. Eric Spolstra said he's just got a lot of ice on his body. That's where we're at right now. Everybody's earning their ice. So I guess he earned his ice and uh, things are going to be all good. This is good news for the Heat that he's already ready, which means if they advance to the NBA finals, they're not worrying about rehabbing him and getting him ready to play. They're just working on playing whoever they got to face in the finals. And for me, it doesn't change a whole lot for the Celtics because Bam has been running wild out there. It doesn't seem like they have an answer for him regardless. The Celtics just need to play better and worry about their own selves uh, rather than trying to take Bam out of the game because they've just been brutal in fourth quarters. The turnovers have been insane and, you know, they just need to be a little bit more committed to effort and to execution and attention to detail. And that has more to do with Boston side of things than having to worry about Bam. It'd be a lot easier for Boston uh, to pull off this comeback if Bam was out for the rest of the series, no doubt about it. But they got to take care of themselves first. Yeah, Bam's conference finals, I think, are being overlooked a little bit here um, because of Drogic being great, Tyler Hero doing heroic things, Jimmy Butler, you know, in his big face coffee. Bam is averaging 40 minutes per game in these conference finals, 21.5 points per game, 11 boards, 4.5 assists, 2 steals, and 1.3 blocks per game, shooting over 60% from the floor and getting to the line nearly eight times per game lately. That's damn good. Now, I know this guy was already an all-star. Mm-hmm. But again, am I crazy? It's like We haven't talked a ton about him because, again, a lot of the attention has gone to some of these other guys, especially the guards. No, he has been incredible. And you mentioned the assist there. Like he, He's a smart passer. He understands he can get there and he can fire it out to those guys. And he knows he's got uh, good three-point shooters around him so he can find those guys. And that's what I think makes it a little bit tough as well for the Celtics because he's not just a guy who you have to stick in the post and that's the only move. He moves himself around on the offense and he can facilitate. And uh, that injury looked awful. It almost looked like he dislocated his shoulder or something the way he was like letting it hang in game four there. But fortunately, it's all good. And it is his offhand, which does make a difference, I think. So, uh, you know, if right. he's going to be rebounding and shooting, that hand should still be okay, even if he is a little bit bothered still and a little bit sore going into tonight's game. But uh yeah, he's been great. And uh, I remember last year on the Heat, how big they were on him when they still had Whiteside. And then they pretty quickly were like, I mean, you know, Whiteside is a polarizing player at the best of times anyway. But his growth to this level uh, and his development has probably been ahead of schedule, I'm sure of it. Yeah, no, I mean, it is good news too, Tass. He didn't undergo additional testing, right, on 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 whatever is hurting him. Because they even asked him, like, what's wrong? And I think they just said... Like it's his whole arm, <laughs> his weird shoulder, arm. his elbow, his wrist. Like they didn't give like a specific body part. So I guess that's good, right? I don't know. Well, I think it's some gamesmanship. I think Maybe. they're being smart. They know they don't want a, a Marcus Morris going after Luka Doncic's ankle situation. Mm. Where where are you going to karate chop? Uh, bam at a bio right now. Is it the <laughs> wrist, know. the elbow, the shoulder? You don't know. <laughs> right. uh, it's really it's multiple spots because Eric Spolster was asked. He's like it's all over the place. Don't 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 try and nail down one spot. I'm not not a dummy. Uh, Real GM said he injured his wrist in Game Three and aggravated in Game Four. So I don't know if they're being real GM about it or if it's a fake GM. If it's a wrist, where's a wrist injury? I don't even know. I mean, strained his wrist. It looked more like a like Lee said a shoulder, but he was. I felt like an elbow to me, like a a hyperextension. But who the heck knows? Body language doctor. It's his left arm. Uh, and he is an incredible player. He's he's a guy who's going to get a, a max or a near max for uh, doing all the things that coaches absolutely love. And it's hard not to look forward to the the NBA Finals potentially, where he'll be guarding Anthony Davis oh, yeah. and be uh, a deterrent to LeBron James going to the rim. He's that good, and he's that important on the offensive end too. He he can literally, uh, you know, he can't shoot the three, but he can do everything else on a basketball floor. Uh, you know, within within the paint, and then on the defensive end, he's he's awesome, and he doesn't get talked about. Next headline here: It's a quickie. NBC Sports 
Buddy Heald fuels 76ers trade rumor. Is this news, Tess? (laughs) (laughs) This is the best and absolute worst part of Instagram. The the worst part of Instagram is the, the Discover page. And there's there's random accounts, yeah. random accounts put up an image of a player. If you happen to go there, I'm a, I'm an NBA fan, so on my discovery page, I go to the uh, the page. I see big photos, Paul George's face, a huge yep. huge caption on his face, an overlay, if you will. And it'll in this case, Embiid feed, a random mm-hmm. username, yep. has the huge caption. The Sixers have reportedly expressed trade interest in Buddy Heald. <laughs> yep. And so it comes from somewhere else. It comes from Legion Hoops. Uh, and, and they tag Buddy. And he likes the post. Right. And someone else comments, trust the process. And he replies and says, big facts. I think Buddy Heald is just enjoying someone talking about him, like a lot of us. <laughs> like a lot of us who want that dopamine from Instagram. Talk about me. Talk about me. So uh, I do think the Sixers would make a move like this it, it would okay. it would it would could use some shooting yeah, sure. yeah and it would make sense that they desperately could use buddy hill's ability to spread the floor and also i think they would bring in a guy that won't work seamlessly either you know there, there's some question marks as to whether or not he would fit <laughs> right like he's had some issues in sacramento He's coming off the bench. They've thrown him there even though they paid him a bajillion dollars and we all thought look at that skill set but he hasn't been necessarily all that happy there uh, because they've thrown him to the bench and they haven't been happy with him just because he's doesn't play defense all that hard so i i could see a match there and again the original source uh legion hoops uh he's he's doubling down uh he i think his name is legion hoops ross specifically he said <laughs> i pre- i predicted uh kd was going to the nets check my history and so he says he's got his sauces and uh, I, I, I wouldn't see it as a as a crazy as a crazy stretch that this could happen. But I don't know who the heck they would trade for him. That's the problem. Tobias yeah. Harris, Titan yeah. Kings. Yeah, I mean yeah, exactly. that's it, right? You got the contract of Tobias Harris, what thirty four million. Al Horford, twenty seven and a half million. Buddy Heald is about a twenty five million guy. You know, in his with his extension kicking in here, so. I guess you, in theory, could make something happen. Yeah, Buddy Hill Even Skeets isn't watching the Kings if uh, if it's Harrison Barnes and Tobias Harris oh <laughs> taking God. the ball from the bag of beans in Star Fox. Woo! Oh I God. mean, but, Buddy would be awesome on the Sixers. He's a yeah, perfect yeah. fit for them. Yeah. Um, but he wants to be gone from the Kings. Uh, that's the main thing I take from this is he is ready to totally. be out of there. He was complaining before he got his extension. Then, like Tass was saying, he was complaining after. Then they sent him to the bench. He wasn't happy about that. But he still was pretty successful coming off the bench. He still wants to be a starter. He wants to be a star somewhere. And it feels like he's number three at most on the Sacramento Kings. And, you know, maybe it changes a little bit that Vladi Divac isn't there anymore. So he can finally usurp uh, Bogdanovich. But... Buddy's not long for Sacramento, I don't think. I agree with that, especially because new Kings general manager, uh, Monte, don't call me Steve McNair, he just said that Luke Walton and him are on the same page during his little press conference that he had on Wednesday and that Luke Walton's going to be their coach next year and that he's excited to work with them and blah, 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 and our, our aligned visions and all that crap that they always say. But that probably doesn't bode well, you're right, for Buddy Heald wanting to still be there. After like, hey man, you're going to the bench and all this, and Bogdanovich is going to start, and who's he's a restricted free agent as well, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, Monte McNair's got some decisions to be made here, but I'm a hundred percent with you on this Trey. Um, he doesn't. He, I don't think he's going to be there either. I think a trade will be made. I think there will be a lot of interest in a guy still like Buddy Hill at his age um, and his ability to knock down a three. If Mike D'Antoni's coaching the Sixers too, oh my like God. if that happens, yeah. hell yeah, you want Buddy Hill on that roster then yeah. uh, over some of these guys, but. It comes down to yeah, what were the king? What were the kings want back or take back? I guess in giving up Buddy Hill. But what do you think, Lee? <laughs> no, I think Buddy Hill would absolutely love to get out of Sacramento and go and play for Mike D'Antoni in Philadelphia. There's no question yeah. about it. He suits exactly what D'Antoni likes. Just get out there and shoot threes. And Buddy was a good three point shooter last year. He shot 39, percent taking nearly 10 a game. So yeah. he can he can do it. There's no doubt about it. But uh, it's again like there's no way in the world I will I will veto the trade if they take Tobias Harris back uh, the Sacramento Kings I will be I will David Stern do Chris Paul one 
Just say that is not happening because don't do that to your fans. Yeah, Sacramento. <laughs> Honestly. I think they're going to revolt if they trade Buddy Heald for Tobias Harris? They should. They should. I mean, that, that well, is hold on, Lee. A- what if, what if, and I'm not saying the Sixers would do anything like this, but what if there's, okay, yeah, we're giving you Harris uh, because, like, money reasons, right, to get healed for, for the most part, but, like, We'll give you like a, a Matisse Thibel or something like that. You know, they have they have to sweeten it. They have to give a young prospect someone that looks talented. No, I don't have I don't have Thibel's contract handy here, but I have Tobias Harris's. So don't do it, Sacramento. You're gonna have to sweeten it with a little bit more than that. Okay, okay, just yeah. asking. Just asking. that's interesting though, because Monte McNair is a true analytics guy. There's not uh, many that have been hired in the NBA. The true. last one as a GM was Sam Hinkie. So, uh, but he would make. A lot of sense shooting the ball there. That's exactly what every team wants. Ten threes a game. Uh, if you're an analytic person, you love that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. He hasn't been hasn't been working on the defensive end, and he's an emotional man, and so yeah. it hasn't been working. And then there's Bogdanovich as well. I mean, it's a bit of the problem here, right? They've got two of these guys that are scorers, <laughs> great shooters, um, but can you pay both of them? Probably not. I don't think that's all that wise so see what you can get for one of them and if buddy Hill wants to leave then you're gonna try and move him likely we will see we'll see final one this one's funny star tribune Juancho Hernan Gomez away from the wolves as he shoots Adam Sandler movie <laughs> Trey is this news where's Juancho where is where Juancho Finally I mean this through. is the news Skeets where's Juancho he's with Adam Sandler what? Uh, doesn't make sense. Also news, we're going to be getting some more Adam Sandler basketball highlights, you would assume, yep. at some point. He'll be out there rocking the TJ Ford gigantic shorts, throwing no-look passes, and apparently they'll be going to Juancho Hernan Gomez. How in the world is he the guy chosen for this? It's apparently uh, a story about, uh, it's called Hustle. It's executive produced by LeBron James. Yep. So I went deep into the archives and I did find that Wancho had a 12 point game against the Lakers when he was still playing for the Nuggets last season. So maybe LeBron saw it. He's like, this is the guy. This is the guy we need when we finally make this Sandler movie. I don't know how it's happening, but I'm always curious to see an NBA player as an actor, even if they're playing a basketball player, if they're not it's going to be fun. It's going to be a YouTube clip. Cannot wait. Yeah, I guess yeah. Uh, Hustle here it revolves around a basketball scout who mm. searches for talent overseas. Hernan Gomez, you know, from Spain. So maybe that that makes a little bit more sense, I guess, with the storyline here. But he's not going to be present for the team's voluntary workout here, Tass. Uh, you know, the group workouts that they're doing. But they say, hey, look, I mean, we didn't know this bubble was going to be going. He committed to this project you know, well before we knew he'd be doing workouts at this time of the year. So they can't be too angry about it, I guess. No, that's not news. I'm going to no. go. I'm going to yeah. go with that's not news. They're cool okay. with that. It's, it's good. It's good for the team to have one of their uh, their bench players in a movie. Hey, why not? <laughs> I, just, I just love that we had a. I don't know. Was it, I can't even call it a recurring bit, but we did have a thing. Where's Wancho <laughs> going? And we are literally finding out where he is. That's exactly what he's doing. As Trey Thanks said, he's shooting a movie with Adam Sandler. Are you excited about the movie? Uh, well, I am because uh, what was that one we saw during the summer of the Adam Sandler one? Uh, Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Yeah, like it was a it was a man. It was a roller coaster of a movie. But I want to see now the follow up to it and see if uh, see if he reinvents that character or has the same. Because I think it will be because. You know, when you're a diamond, uh, a, a diamond seller, dealer, and you're an NBA agent, you know, not a, it's not completely off that uh, on different tracks out there. So you got to be a bit of a uh, fast like a hustle. It's yeah, called a hustle, of, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah sure. So you have to be a little bit like that, and I think uh, Adam Sandler will fit that role pretty well. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to us reviewing it next year. Remembering the ending of Uncut Gems, I think it would be quite a different movie if they somehow get Adam Sandler's character right. back yeah, for this yeah. one. I forgot about that. But it'd be yeah. exciting. It would be exciting. <laughs> it's Where's Wancho? He's doing a seance. He brought Adam Sandler back. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe Adam Sandler is found in the Opal. Wancho's looking into the Opal and <laughs> yeah. finds him there, brings him back. He gets into his Opal and drives over to this practice facility. I don't know. I think it's more Just likely like, they're not related, these movies and characters. But, hey, who knows? We will find I heard out. he's actually going to be playing Billy Madison, who finally got his degree and has moved to become a scout. One of a basketball scout. 
<laughs> All right. So there's a little is this news. Uh, you agree or disagree with those three? Newsworthy or not? Especially on that last one. Tass says no way. I say hell yeah. But let's hear from <laughs> you guys. All right, I got to take one more quick break before Tweet of the Night. Hey, I'm Tass Mellis of No Dunks on the Athletic. Do you want to walk into a room with your chest puffed out, your neck long, and your shoulders broad? Of course you do. For me, getting clothes that fit properly can give me the confidence I need to do just that. Indochino hooked me up with the gear that fits perfectly. I dreaded getting dressed for my Zoom meetings, but now I change for each one with a big smile on my face. I did a virtual fitting on Indochino's slick website for them to get my measurements. I didn't have to talk to a single human. There are so many options. Here are a few I chose. A long shirt, because I tuck it in. I got a no dunks monogram, and I decided against a shirt pocket. I sincerely did not think that custom fit clothing was this affordable, and all customizations are included in the cost. The website keeps your measurements on file so you never have to re-enter them. The best part, Indochino suits start at just $2.99 with all customizations included. Indochino is a no-brainer if you're getting married. Visit one of the Indochino showrooms across North America. Or book a virtual appointment like I did and shop online at Indochino.com. And right now, you'll get $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more when you enter code TAS. Not ass, TAS, T-A-S, at checkout. That's Indochino.com, promo code TAS. Okay, it's time for Tweet of the Night. Mmm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. It's actually tweets of the night. We got two of them here. Why not? First one. I had to slip this into the show from at Josh Scheiman. Vince Carter keeps calling Jamal Murray Kitchener's finest on ESPN, and I love it because nobody watching has a clue what he's talking about. Shout out to Vince Carter for running <laughs> with the Kitchener's finest. You can't tell me that he didn't get it from us, uh, or at least from our tweets. So I'm always tweeting out Kitchener's Finest with Jamal Murray. Gotta love it, Mr. Vince Carter. Fantastic. Happy 20th anniversary, too, to Vince Carter's dunk of death. I mean, this just works out perfectly when he jumped over Frederick Weiss there in the Olympics. I love this, too, Tass. I had to slip it in. I think you'll get a kick out of this being from Ontario. Sean Fitzgerald, hockey writer for The Athletic. He said, or he saw it like he replied to somebody in the tweet section. For the longest time, our eldest thought that the OHL franchise in town was named the Kitchen Arrangers. I think about that often. Well, even Lee gets that one. Right. Uh, hold on, I don't, I don't get it. Kitchen, kitchen Rangers. It was Kitchen Rangers. Yeah, was, I know. Uh, so ki- I know it's tough to sort of say, but you got to see it. Kitchen yeah. Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> a little yeah. weird. No one yeah. knows that there's a place called Kitchener, I guess, is the yeah. thing. Uh, it is okay. a weird name for a town. I'll say that. But yeah. I, I had to really <laughs> put a lot, a lot of weird town it. names out there, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, if not Moose Jaw, Moose Jaw is <laughs> way weirder than Kitchener. True. Tutgarook. We've got a Tutgarook in Australia. <laughs> what about those red deer? Uh, why why is Maple Camloops is a good one. Burnaby. Uh, why why doesn't uh, Maple Jordan take off? Why doesn't that nickname take off? It was sort of handed Because it's to, Andrew Wiggins' fault. Handed yeah. to Andrew That's Wiggins. Why. Jamal Murray just pulled a Michael Jordan. Yeah. Give it to him. Yeah. Give it to him that give him that syrup. We've been well, tapping that nickname for years. It had no syrup has come out of that. That syrup. <laughs> Give him that syrup. That guy is sweet like syrup. I saw you and Trey going back and forth too on Twitter. Uh, nice pointing out MJ, flip it, JM, Jamal Murray, and then MJ, Maple Jordan. Hey, I mean, God. Hey, the I mean, wordplay. It, it is perfect. <laughs> it is perfect. Um, all right. One more uh, tweet from last night that I liked. Dan Wakey from Dan, at Dan Wakey Sports. The Lakers bench counted down three two, one, and Gary Harris launched a tough three-point jumper to beat the clock, except there was 10 seconds left on it. After the miss, Jared Dudley, Alex Caruso, and Rondo all high-fived. Wow. I mean, we've talked before about how this bubble experiment is like a, you know, like a tournament, like a high school basketball tournament. We used to do that all the time, Trey, where you did the fake countdown. 
which was weird because I don't even remember us having a shot clock. <laughs> so that's even weirder now that I really think about it. But we did this for sure. Oh, definitely. I can't believe it worked. And I can't believe that Dwight Howard wasn't somehow involved with this. He seems like the guy that would come up with it. Hey, count him down, man. The Joker, he'll never think about it. <laughs> we got gotcha. you. The Batman, we got gotcha. you. But uh, yeah, it's awesome. I wonder if it's happened any other times. Uh, right. You know, anytime we see somebody take a really bad shot, is it just because the opposing bench is counting it down? It's been great. You know, um, watching the benches from other from, uh Supporting their teams has been as good as you would have thought it was going to be coming into the bubble, seeing these guys pulling pranks like this and just celebrating. You know, Myers Leonard has been out for every single heat possession, flexing his arms, basically. When the only fans who are there are your teammates, you got to do something, and... The teams haven't disappointed. It's been pretty fun to watch. Yeah, I will say we've talked a lot about the officiating in the bubble in some of these games. And, uh, yeah, what are they doing with some of these calls and all that? But I like that they've allowed the players, like you said, Leonard, he's notorious for, like, being out there. They're letting them, like, be outside that sort of barrier a lot of the time, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Which, I mean, I think they could enforce and say, hey, sit in your cool chair back there. But uh, they're not. They're letting them get into it because there's no fans anyway. So it... uh, Tries to uh, give a little bit of excitement to the game. I like that. Good on the officials for allowing that. Hey, let's go to Steve Javi. See if he likes that call as well. <laughs> yes, he does. Um, but okay, anything uh, to add there, Lee or, or, or Tass, to this fake countdown? Did you used to do that, Lee, in men's league? Was there <laughs> yeah, we, I, I mean, we've definitely done it before. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. And then you do the high fives because it worked. Yeah, <laughs> we got him. We got him. It's great, that sort of stuff. <laughs> now that I think about it, because we didn't have a shot clock for sure yeah. in high school, but we would do it at the end of quarters or yeah. end uh, of games. That, yeah, that, so that yeah. makes a little bit more sense yeah. now that I think it through. Like yeah. a close game and you just start counting it down five seconds prior to hope they jack something up there. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Right. Great stuff. Great stuff. East Finals, Game 5, tonight. Friday night here. Through four games, you pointed it out yesterday, I think, Lee. The cumulative score between the Heat and the Celtics in the East Finals. 441 to 441. I know Zach Lowe was tweeting that as well. And yet, here we are. Heat up 3-1. One win away from their sixth Finals berth since 2006. So we already discussed Bam playing tonight, so we can avoid that. But what's another thing to watch for here in tonight's Game 5 for the Heat Celtics. Uh, Jason Tatum had a very bad first half in Game 4. Didn't score. Finished with 28 points. Had a, had a pretty good game. But uh, I expect he will come out and sort of try to put a bit of a stamp on this game a little bit earlier tonight, I think. Because uh, he just kind of looked a little bit out of sorts there. But it, it didn't really matter. I mean, he picked it up and gave his team a chance to win. But I think it's one of those things where he's like, I'm not letting that happen again. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going out there to get a few buckets early, set the tone. I'm the leader. I'm the best player on this team. And uh, it's my job to do that. So I expect him to be pretty aggressive from the start and I expect the Celtics to try to get him involved early on because, you know, if, if Tatum has a big game and if he goes for 35 or 40, it's it's probably going to favor the Celtics. So, I uh, you know, knowing that their season is on the line tonight, I expect the leader to step up and be like, I've got this one, guys. I'm with you, Lee. Jason Tatum has 26 points, 10 rebounds, and 5 assists per game in this series. He's shooting 45% from the field and 92 from the line, but he's only 31% from three. And it kind of doesn't feel like he's really put his stamp on the game so far. He's had really good first three quarters of the game, and the the performance hasn't been there in the fourth quarter because things really, really slow down for the Celtics, and it becomes kind of an ISO fest, Mm -hmm. which is not usually the way that they're playing, it feels like. So uh, hopefully Tatum is able to string together an entire 48 minutes and, and be the guy who was looking like one of the best players in the Eastern Conference. This has been a season of anointing him as a star, and he hasn't totally shown up in the fourth quarters, which is star time. So let's see it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Gordon Hayward helping out the Boston Celtics a little bit more than he has in his two games since he's returned from injury. He's been decent in playing about 30 minutes a game, but it's time to get those five best players out there a little bit more. Uh, Daniel Tice and, and Robert Williams are playing uh, the center spot, uh, but Gordon Hayward along with Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Kemba Walker are their best five. Mm-hmm. And this is obviously do or die here. And Gordon Hayward is here in the bubble. He stayed in the bubble despite Robin, his wife, having their fourth child at home. So this is big for Gordon Hayward. He got to stay here. And I just wanted to mention um, you know, the, the fact that he's missing that the child's birth hasn't... Um, hasn't made him miss trying to give this baby a nickname already. The kid just came out of the womb. His name is Gordon Theodore Hayward. 
mm-hmm. and he's already arguing with Robin about what they should nickname the kid. He says they should nickname him GT. He's oh, come on, come on. It's way too early to give him a nickname of GT, <laughs> and she wants to call him Theo. Yeah. Uh, the kid just came out of the womb. Let him let him grow into a nickname, perhaps. <laughs> and GT. I mean, that sounds like a Brad already. You know, you're, you're just you're just you're throwing him this name already. Maybe he's not a GT. Maybe he moves a little slow. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Tess. You gotta take it slow with nicknames because, like we're seeing, Jamal Murray. We can't even call him Maple Jordan now because that's <laughs> yeah. Andrew Wiggins. So, yeah. take it slow. Let him Maple grow Mamba. Also, <laughs> you you can't start giving the baby a nickname. You haven't even held the baby. Yeah, you gotta hold yeah. the baby, feel the baby. Is it yeah. a GT or is it a Theo? It's gonna be Theo, by the way. Mom rules, so that's gonna be what it is. Uh, and that's fine. That's a cute little name there. It's like a JD situation too, right? I mean, by the sounds of it, because he's Gordon, so he's a he's a second, right? Um, or I don't know. Is Gordon's dad named also Gordon? I'm not sure. Maybe well, he's not he second or junior, or fifth so, or something yeah. like. Oh, that. is he? Okay, so there, it's exactly like JD's family then, where it's a Terrence situation here, but it's uh, Jason instead, as we call him. Yeah, JD, yeah. there. <laughs> you want to chime in on this? <laughs> Do I have that right? Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, my my kid gives me literally every day a dirty look because I named him Terrence, and mm. uh, and I go, "You're right." Yeah, I, I don't know what I was thinking. Start calling him GT. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah, we started calling him, you know, early on We Linky. <laughs> Six one now. Doesn't fit. Doesn't really wow. fit. He's wow. t- towering over Hey, We Linky, get over here. <laughs> oh, but that's like uh they like that's what uh, a giant dude they'll call tiny, you know? Yeah. Sort of fun. yeah. Okay, fair enough. He needs to get a little bit bigger to be in the tiny, the we yeah. Yeah, the, to be ironic, but you know, he's pretty tall. So, so you just dropped it? Do you still call him Linky? You dropped the Wii? Oh, we call him all sorts of things. But Linky is still still fits when I'm in a good mood. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Terrence Lincoln when I'm not. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. You never wanted to hear the Terrence, I'm <clears throat> sure, JD, when <clears throat> you were a kid. Yeah, never. That, that's always a bad sign. All right, we're going to call it there. Enjoy the game tonight. It will be weird, I'll say, if the Heat win tonight. Because you were sort of saying it, Tass. Like, we'll look back at this, go, the Heat beat the Celtics 4-1. I mean, they took care of business. Like, they hammered them. It just, like, appears as a beatdown, right? Mm-hmm. But, as we just pointed out, like, even if the Celtics uh, lose by one tonight, the Heat will have gone to the NBA Finals in five games despite scoring one more point over the entire series. That would be just strange. So, I expect the Celtics actually to pick up this victory tonight and we get a game six just because they have been that close. But it is going to come down to the fourth very... uh Likely once again, and they got to hit some threes because they're going to be there. Guys, email us your questions and comments for the next Beach Steppin' podcast. Send them in. Email us, nodunksattheathletic.com. Tweet them in at nodunksinc. Grab your No Dunks t-shirts at nodunks.com. Got a little back and forth going with our t-shirt shop. We should have a new shirt dropping very, very, very shortly. I'm hoping even this weekend, so keep your eye on that. And if you haven't already, subscribe to The Athletic. Tell them we sent you. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks and sign up for $1 a month right now. What an offer. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Congrats to the Hayward family for having their fourth child named Gordon Theodore Hayward. And congrats for not naming him Alvin Simon Theodore Hayward. Race the day, people. <laughs> <laughs>